Hello and welcome back to the CEO.digital show. My name's Todd Jordan and this is the next in our ongoing series of episodes all about responsible AI. Today's guest is Dr. Maya Dillon, Cambridge Consultant's Head of AI Capabilities. Maya has a PhD in astrophysics from the University of Warwick, but strayed from academia following her desire to explore the relationship between people and technology. Since pivoting towards data science, Maya now advises businesses on the crucial intersection between human intelligence and the intelligence of a more artificial kind. Now in her capacity as Head of AI Capabilities for Cambridge Consultants, Maya is here to help us all get to grips with responsible AI. So Dr. Maya, welcome to the CEO.digital show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, so why don't we kick things off by uh, letting our listeners know a little bit more about yourself. Um, your biography is uh, absolutely staggering um, with taking in both astrophysics and now the, the huge subject of artificial intelligence. What first drew you to make that shift from one subject to the other? Uh, thank you so much um, for reminding me about my staggering biography. I think one of the things uh, on a very personal level, when I hear things like that, it's like, um, as Steve Jobs, I think, said, that you can only join the dots when you look back on your life. And I know at the time when I was making all these different career decisions, it's like I wanted to do something that was impactful, um, that was supporting societal needs, something greater good um, and, and great and bigger than myself, essentially. Um, so moving from astrophysics was a mixture of uh, necessity and opportunity, actually. Um, so the recession hit and at the time, 2008 and nine, where I had gotten my PhD. And uh, it was very difficult to actually stay in academia um, and continue to find opportunities. It was actually a a key defining moment for a lot of careers, um, and not just in the academic environment. But um, AI was something that I was interested in for a very long time at a young age. And I imagine in the multiverses I would have been doing, you know, I was either going to be a neurosurgeon or a paleontologist or an AI expert. Um, But when post the recession a couple of years later it was the era of big data and suddenly it was like oh wait a minute I can actually do something in AI now I can actually take the skill sets that I've learned and have another go at a new career and direction so um, it was a mixture of forces outside of me and compulsions and passions from within. Wow and uh, yeah look at where it's led you that's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, actually, because there's something uh, something you said that I, f- I found really interesting. You were talking about what a what an unusual time that was and why that was the key moment to make a leap. I'm now, let's fast forward, here we are in 2023, um, talking about responsible AI. And for me, this feels like now is the time to be having this conversation. So um, I'm just curious what you think of, of what, it, what it is that makes this moment so uh, specifically important to talk about, not just AI. AI, but responsible AI. Why was last year too early? Why is next year too late? Uh, That's a very, very good question. So just going through my short evolution. So as I said, I started in 2013, um, you know, did all the data munging and everything like that, uh, self-taught Python and everything, Uh, a familiar journey for a lot of your data scientists and AI specialists who are probably joining in on the call. Um, 
the convergence that occurred, there was this, they talk about this nexus and convergence of technologies that happened around about 2011, 2012. Um, you would hear the Harvard Business Review commentary and like, like 90% of the data had actually been created in the previous two years alone. Um, that, you know, that had been created by humanity and things have gotten exponentially worse or rather increased in terms of the amount of data we produce. It's not human generated data, it's also uh, machine generated data as well. Um, back then, about 10 years ago now, which we, we, we're actually talking about, um, we were talking about the convergence of computational power, the amount of data that we have, and our algorithmic capability. And the idea and the feel around about that time was, let's see what we can actually do. Let's let's um, invest money in data science. Let's look at, you know, let's try and understand the difference between machine learning and AI and see what it can do for our business. Um, a lot of our organizations and the conversations I actually had were, almost say it's the trendy, latest cool thing to do. How do we all get involved? Um, but the conversation has moved on now. There is a maturity that exists in the industry across multiple industries, actually. And there was a need for people to work more together, more collaboratively. It wasn't just about doing AI for the sake of doing AI, seeing whether or not they could innovate. Maybe it helped part of the business. People are actually seeing it as a mature play that will impact an entire ecosystem of their business and raise it to the next level. It is something that's actually genuinely transformative. And when you have something that's so transformative, that's not just impacting technology, data, operations, but end users, the people who have been receipt of the solutions, um, so you suddenly need to think about, okay, well, how do we make this effective and safe and secure and private and responsible for everyone? Um, a while ago, uh, the conversations already started coming around responsible development um, of AI, AI for good. You had all those lovely buzz words and everything. But um, I think we certainly turned a corner earlier this year with ChatGPT, with Jeffrey Hinton as well, um, a father of uh, AI coming in and he himself actually saying he has concerns about the way AI is being developed and needing guardrails and safety. And even the, there was the dramatic thing about a pause in development. Um, so it's almost like we're coming it's a coming of age story for all of us where we are realizing, okay, look at all the amazing things we can do. We're at this exponential, well, the steep part of the exponential curve where uh, innovation is happening much more rapidly. And we are actually now finding ourselves in a space where we are saying we should ask how and why we're we doing stuff as opposed to can we. So it's, it's basically all of those lovely things I've just mentioned. Um, AI is proliferating. We now have regulatory momentum. So EU AI Act, AI Bill of Rights. And um, yeah, the technical maturity is already here as well for us to actually properly leverage, um, you know, uh, you know and, and push the envelope of what AI can do in the next year to 10. So uh, a lot of the people listening to this episode right now, um, uh, they may well be in a position uh, within a company where they might be looking at internal governance. Um, is, do you have any advice for where they sh should begin to create their internal governance mechanisms in order to regulate any innovation that's happening there with AI and how it's used um, and make sure that that happens in a, in a responsible way? Yeah, um, there's several angles actually you can take and you don't have to um, sit down and, and I know that this is what will happen. 
you want a panel of stakeholders all come together and you need to collaborate. And that is step one. Everybody who's interested in the development of the business, top down, bottom up, left, right, needs to come and sit down together and have a discussion of what AI means to their organization. Um, but it doesn't have to sort of end there with aspirations of what we could do and should do, because um, invariably the output of those conversations is a list of challenges that they can't answer or address. It's like, well, where do we go from here? And yes, of course, it's going to be an appropriate opportunity for me to plug in what I do at CC, right? Um, but one of the things that we've experienced as a business is um, we've been at the cutting edge of innovation for, you know, 60 plus years, way before I was born. But one of, one of the things that I'm seeing is that we're always questioning how we develop technologies and implement it, not just what could we do next. And in that process, we've developed an AI assurance framework as well um, that looks at things like um, safety, um, ethics, responsibility, technical robustness, all the lovely stuff that people are interested in. And we've actually implied those things internally, um, not just framework now, it's become a blueprint. And um, we're actually able through that experience in the last year or two almost, um, which feels like we're a little bit ahead of the curve, and I hope to we can maintain our momentum on that, um, is we've come across some of these bumps in the road, um, asking the next level questions such as, when is something fully assured, right? So talking to an organization, um, circling back, talking to an organization who has had that experience would be something that I think everyone should be able to leverage, right? You're not on your own in this journey. And I, I'm started to see this a fair bit um, that we are now much more receptive on what on hearing what other people are doing in their organizations and markets. So share, go out and learn. This is not something that gets siloed. Um, it's something that um, everyone is concerned about and it impacts all of us. In terms of internal processes and things like that, um, first referencing all the governance materials that we actually have out there and, and guidelines. Like I said, there's the EU AI Act. We have the Bill of Rights in the States. Um, the UK government has a pro-innovation plan um, as well around AI. Uh, lots of really, really good advice there. Um, grabbing some of this information and saying, okay, how does this apply to my organization and how can I leverage this is a very, very good starting point. Um, to, um, yeah, a very good starting point. And then what you can do is start figuring out, okay, how do I develop guidelines and policies internally? You start then benchmarking, making things programmatic. Um, a key part of all of this, though, is always making this transparent explaining to everybody, communicating constantly, like this is what we're doing, why we're doing, why it matters, and upskilling people and supporting their education as you move along. Um, finally, when, when it comes to actually putting these processes in place, making sure that there's actually a feedback loop. Um, what works, what doesn't work. There's no point in barging ahead. It's a very complex. No one's got, you know, complex uh, uh, topic. No one's got it all pinned down and no one knows the exact perfect way to do it um, but the way these things work or become successful and best practices are found is if we iterate through feedback um, and where possible um, if your organization is able to whether it's from skunk works or uh, you know specialist interest group being able to do some pilot testing and some monitoring you know putting some money time and opportunity to aside to explore and play with some of these things is also going to be beneficial for the business. 
all great places to start. It can feel like a bit of a, a maze, um, I think, for a lot, of, a lot of people beginning. Um, but once you start to get that momentum, if you just know sort of where the first steps are, then hopefully um, the maze sort of falls away and the pathway becomes a bit more clear. Really, really good insight. Thank you. And, and I have to say, it begins with that first question, bringing everybody together and asking, what does AI mean for us? Uh, how can we leverage it? And then, of course, how do we um, use this to innovate responsibly right how do we accelerate our time to market but make sure that what we create is of benefit to not just our organization but the people who will end up using the solution yeah great great questions um yeah I, obviously the the story that the tech world has kind of told itself for such a long time is about um moving fast breaking things you know what we we ask for forgiveness not permission it's uh, you know bold moves are rewarded um and i think it's a really unusual point here where um we're turning around and we're saying, well, actually, maybe we should just go just a tiny bit slower so that we can then go further. Do you think that's because we understand that there are greater risks involved with this technology? Definitely, Todd. I think AI is uh, a sector, um, an industry that's actually screaming out for regulation. Um, never seen this. I mean, I've only been here a few short years, but it, I think for over the last few generations, I think um, it'll be you'd be hard pressed to actually find a technology that's demanded much, so much attention in pacing and managing expectations. Um, it, I think for a lot of people, this is completely unheard of. I, um, the reason is, as I say, is that convergence of technologies, algorithms, compute power, etc., that uh, maturity and, how, and understanding how AI could be applied. But a key aspect of that is about five years ago, maybe even longer, actually, we were talking about uh, responsible de uh, development of AI and democratic um, development of AI. We are all now stakeholders in it, and um, we are not naive to, um, you know, the average person on the street, as you like to say, we're not naive to the impact that AI can, ha can actually have. And as a result, businesses are actually forced and organizations are forced to actually uh, you know, to, to be held accountable much sooner, much earlier in the process. So it, it's it's always a way with human nature. You know, you want to create these things for the benefit of everybody, but we are driven by two forces in the in in our, in our nature, right? The need and the drive to um, enjoy things, find pleasure, and our need and desire also to avoid pain and risk. And um, right now is the time where we're actually suddenly beginning to realize, oh my gosh, if we do not get a handle on this, it could end up with, with a lot of unintended negative side effects. And nobody wants that. That's the thing. Um, I, it's it's not about stopping progress for me at all. It's more about uh, moving forward in a, uh, in a secure manner. I think the organizations that... Um, act mindfully now to put the right frameworks in place, they're the ones that are going to last a long time. And they're the ones that are going to uh, be taken to exciting new places by AI. The ones who don't take the time to, um, you know, put seatbelts in their cars, to use a metaphor, um, they're the ones that are going to move quickly, but then quite soon uh, suffer issues like trust. They're going to uh, have problems with their workforce. There's there's going to be a big data breach that will take down some giant company that nobody ever thought could ever be taken down. It's it's all seems like, it, like anything and everything could happen. And with the pace of change, do you think it's, is it even possible for us to make predictions about where things are going and what's going to happen? Is any of what I just said likely to happen? Um, I think it is. It is. Um, I'm already seeing the need and the desire to actually do things right. So I talk about 
um, how uh, the future of business around, especially um, around AI, is not about those who corner and do it first, corner the market and do it first. It's not those who will do it first, but those who do it right. So things like assurance, responsible developments um, of AI, security and privacy by design, making AI human centric. Um, a lot of organizations, and I have had this pushback um, saying, you know, um, well, why should we do it if the big players don't do it? Um, sadly, the way things work out in terms of consequences and legislation, um, the big players can get away with, say, um, a fine. Um, if you are a startup or a mid-sized company and your margins are small at this point in time, any kind of repercussion is going to be very impactful to the way that you actually do business. And it may not be, and it may not be, a benefit for you to cut corners in order for you to actually progress initially um, quickly. Um, so being able to take that step back uh, and, and think about well, what does the future hold, taking into account stakeholder um, input, and I'm not just talking about business-wise, but user input, uh, very much applying things like um, you've, you will have heard of the agile methodology in software development, right? Um, constant iteration. Uh, you create um, solutions that are robust, resilient, fit for purpose, um, and something that um, that can actually also support an organization or a series of solutions that can support organizations at a time of great uncertainty. In terms of making predictions, um, the way I've kind of got it in my head, and it's not elegant, um, but the way I see it is like, hmm, um, this I thought would be five years away. Uh, it's probably going to be in a year. So pull everything forward. So there's a lot of those things that I've actually started to, to see happening now. Um, but in terms of, uh, I do like the idea that we're actually putting a gentle pressure on the brakes and asking those questions, because if we do that, um, much in the same way as I'm mixing my metaphors here, much in the same way that a plant, when it, when it puts down its roots, can actually ensure strong growth. Uh, we have to do the same thing. We have to dig deep. We have to understand all the different avenues and the complexities of what we do. We may not get it right the first time, but being able to put in some auditability, uh, a transparency and accountability in the process, we can look back and say, oh, we should do it this way. We should do it that way. We can mitigate risks that way and limit uh, our impact of ne um, any negative outcomes um, as we go along. Mm, yes, uh, that's such a good point, um, especially about the kind of the sudden jump forward of stuff that seemed like it was such a long way away. Um, my uh, my experience of technology throughout my life has mostly been, well, where's my jetpack? Where's my flying car? <laughs> I was told all of these things would be here by now, and they're not. And then all of a sudden, it's happening quicker than expected. It's the first time it's ever happened to me. It's very strange. Um, you mentioned a term a couple of times, uh, which is AI assurance. That's not a term I'm super familiar with. Um, could you explain a little bit about what that means and, and maybe point me in the direction to learn a little more about it? Yeah, sure. So I um, mentioned that um, our organization has been working on AI assurance for, for the last couple of years. Um, and when we talk about that, we're actually referring to a set of practices and frameworks and strategies um, that can be implemented by an organization through through, through process, operationally, um, through auditable tra uh, trails, um, where they can um, basically develop AI um, safely, ethically, um, and reliably, um, you have to take into account, or rather AI assurance takes into account a number of those concerns around privacy, security, fairness, transparency, 
bias, accountability, et cetera, et cetera. Um, by, but if you address all of those things, what you actually have is something that's quite magical. It's trust in AI. And that is the big thing, right? The, the, the future of AI and humanity looks like deeper collaboration and integration of technologies, right? Uh, I talked about how it's going to support us in augmenting our innovation and taking us uh, forward um, in, into the future. But in order for that to actually happen, uh, we need to actually understand the technology we're utilizing in a way that it kind of understands us, um, that we need to be part of that team. And that team, that collaborative team requires trust. So AI assurance is a process um, or rather um, process frameworks, regulations that implement trust in, in an AI system that covers things like security and privacy. And um, the big thing about it as well, the way they get really successful, or rather AI assurance gets really successful, is that there's evidence of how these things are done and it's communicated. So not just how, but talking about how, what, why, when, all of it, bringing all that out into the fore as well. I hope that uh, made sense to you. It absolutely made sense. It's, um, you know, it, it, so much, uh, we're, we're developing a new kind of lexicon, a lot of uh, non-experts in this field, just to even be able to have these informed conversations. And um, something like like AI assurance, as you just described it, these are the conversations that uh, business leaders should be having, um, you know, and sooner rather than later. Um uh, I'm going to sort of jump forward a little bit and just uh, on the subject of uh, expert view of what's happening versus, uh, you know, your average person on the street. Um, am I correct in thinking that you recently attended the Global AI Summit in London earlier this year? Uh, so the, we had the AI Summit in London uh, in June, uh, where I had the pleasure of uh, uh, delivering a presentation where I talked about Generation After Next um, AI, which was a really, really good fun um, opportunity because we just talked about not what we're doing right now and what's going to happen in the next year, but what does AI actually look like in five, 10 years time? I mean, how is it impacting our lives? And what are the ways that we would actually interact uh, with it? it? It's a very exciting time to be involved in AI for sure. Yeah, uh, it seems like it definitely is. Um, within your kind of field of expertise, um, when you you get together with other AI experts at these events and chats, is there is there anything that that has gotten you all very excited? Anything that you're keen to talk about that maybe hasn't yet hit the mainstream? Any sort of scoops you'd like to share? <laughs> scoops. Um, just trying to figure out what isn't there that's interesting at the moment. Um, for me, on a very personal level, um, if those who, who may find themselves stalking me on LinkedIn or anything like that will know I'm incredibly passionate about um, three aspects, people, planet, profit, or economic value. Um, I do believe that the development of AI can actually be done in a way that benefits not just businesses, but everybody. So touching on the people and planet side of things, I think some things that are not or not kind of making waves yet, but are about to, or will do in the next year, are things like um, where AI can um, provide assistive help. And so I touched on earlier about how that deep collaboration between technology and human beings, that human machine teaming, um, will actually support us moving forward. And we're already seeing um, multiple projects and organizations that are looking at how AI can support individuals that have uh, learning disabilities or issues or mental or cognitive impairments, um, physiological impairments as well, making their life better and enhancing that. So I'm excited to actually see how those systems will actually 
um, understand um, on a very empathetic level, for the want of a better word, um, uh, the, the state of human being in order to provide the appropriate, you know, um, support. So that's something as well that we're very passionate about in, in at CC as well. So we have uh, a team which we call HMU, Human Machine Understanding, and our work there is all about developing AI that's human-centric that supports in critical decision-making, not just individuals, um, but entire teams as well. So that's one area I'm thinking that is really sort of, people are cut, it's prickly. It's like, well, where do I begin? Very much in the way of AI assurance, right? This is where we are at. Um, So I see that being exciting. And the other side of things, which I'm hoping that we, we have to get our skates on because we know the state of the world right now is how AI can support in uh, predictions um, for, uh, you know, around climate change, essentially. So uh, conservation of species. um, And now we are full in, (laughs) fully aware of the impact that adverse weather effects are already having on you know everything from agriculture to infrastructure right so uh, we have now sadly moved to the realm of looking at early warning systems um you know not just mitigate you know mitigating reducing the impact we are now experiencing impact of climate change so how do we actually reduce those effects and how do we get ahead of it so i think ai will certainly be supporting us um when it comes to earth observation um warning um, uh, and monitoring systems for things like adverse weather and um, enhancing things like um, food production whilst managing environments sustainably as well. Um, Not the most sexiest of topics, I'd say, immediately right now, but one that is so very, very needed and something that we have to get our skates on. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's such a, a vital area of research and, and, and practice. Um, it's, I, I think it's incredibly exciting and I'm super duper uh, happy and pleased that there's people like you out there thinking about these things so that because I wouldn't know where to begin. Um, so I'm glad that you're there. Um, would you uh, like to talk a little bit about how CC Cambridge Consultants can help business leaders also find out a bit more and uh, learn how to use AI in a more responsible way? Yeah, sure. Uh, So um, cambridgeconsultants.com, you know that you're just going to go to the website, um, put in whatever word of interest or terms of interest, and there's plenty to discuss So um, and and find out. So the way our organisation is divided up, we have divisions that are focused on everything from aerospace to med tech to energy and agriculture, uh, telco, um, you name it. We've had experience in those fields um, for, as I said earlier on, about 60 years now. And um, what we like to do, where we actually thrive, our engineers, um, love looking at innovative problems. We love pushing the envelope. You know, can we do this? How could this be done? Uh, yes, we also have the framework uh, around assurance in mind as well when we're doing it. But the problems that we look at are the ones that it's not the iteration of stuff. It's not like if you want to Im- improve slightly a language model that you actually have. That's not what we look at. We're looking at things that are not just happening, you know, in the in the horizon of the next year, but two, three, four years. We do offer like um, advisory services. Of course, we're a consultancy at the end of the day. But one of the reasons I joined CC is because I love the fact that we build things. So the inner nerd in me was super excited when I was able to walk around the building and actually see the the products of our, you know, our real products of invention as well. Um, So when you go into the website, you'll get uh, the opportunity to um, check out, say, my uh, talk from earlier on in June at the AI Summit. 
Uh, we have some papers out there. One thing that would be very, very useful for everybody to have a look at is the AI innovation, uh, AI assurance innovation briefing paper. So, you know, you go in, uh, put in your contact details, and that is a really good sort of uh, stepping stone, first step in exploring and having that conversation, initial conversation about what AI means to your organization, how you can assure it, let's say. Um, we, we delve into how we break down that complexity and what it could mean for different markets. And of course, um, there are some news articles in multiple areas that people can actually explore. So reaching out to myself and the organization directly um, and meeting us at conferences as well, um, we're, we're more than happy and excited to have conversations with people who are passionate about this. Fantastic. I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening to this podcast who will be very, very keen to uh, check out more. And I would urge everyone to uh, definitely go and um, check out the video of your talk from the AI Summit. I've watched it myself. It's very, very, very good stuff. Um, so Maya, we're, we're sadly nearly at the end of our time. Um, before we uh, say goodbye, is there anything that you'd like to add? Any kind of final words on responsible AI for people listening? I think, oh, so many things. Um, I think what I want to actually say is I want to remind people that AI can't develop without or progress without our input, right? It's not running away from us. Yes, we are, you know, uh, innovating at an accelerated pace, but we are starting to put the right processes and frameworks in place. We are having the right conversations. And final thought would be, you know, um, all of these things don't mean anything unless we actually collaborate. Um, cross disciplines, cross sectors, um, cross organizations, you know, academia, government, um, private sector, uh, so we can actually learn from each other. No one's got this done perfectly. Uh, and the way we get it doing done right and uh, the greatest benefit for all of us is if we actually communicate and collaborate. So keep asking questions, um, keep asking each other what, what you're up to and, uh, and, and learn from each other, I think is the, the only takeaway I have right now. Or one of many. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great message. Yes. So there you go, everybody listening. Don't forget to stay curious, collaborate, ask questions. Thanks again to Dr. Maya Dillon for sharing her time and knowledge on all things responsible AI. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you like and subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to watch out for the next episode coming very soon. You can always visit ceo.digital for articles and more on responsible AI and a range of other subjects. Until then, thanks for listening.